I'd like to invite all the children to come a little bit closer to your screens and join with me in just a moment of thinking together about what today means. We just heard the story of Jesus' baptism, and today we're thinking about and talking about and remembering baptism and what baptism means. Now, Jesus went to the River Jordan and was baptized by a man named John the Baptist. And when he came up out of the river, he heard a voice, the voice of God, saying to him, You are my son. I love you. And I'm delighted with you. And that same voice speaks to us when we're baptized. That's what the waters of baptism are all about. Now, maybe you've been baptized, or maybe you haven't been baptized yet, but whether you've been baptized yet or not, whenever we see someone baptized, we remember that God loves each and every person, just like God's child. So, when we come to the point in the service where we invite everybody to touch the water, I want you to help your parents and the people who are worshiping with you to touch the water and to remember what God says about you and about them and about every person on this earth. God says to all of us, I love you and I'm delighted with you. And you know, that's one of the reasons I'm so happy that you're coming to church today and that you worship regularly because church is one of those places in this world where we can come and hear God loves you and we all need to hear that a lot don't we let's pray together God we thank you so much that you love us just as we are you love us no matter what there's nothing we could ever do that would make you stop loving us we thank you for the waters of baptism that remind all of us of your love for all people. May we feel special today, and may we do everything we can to help other people feel special and feel loved by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now remember and make sure that y'all have a glass of water or a bowl of water handy for just a few minutes from now. It is good to be back with you this Sunday. I've missed being with you the past couple of Sundays, but I did need a vacation. I took about a week of vacation. Like many of you, it was more of a staycation. We went away for one night to Mont Eagle to do some hiking, but otherwise I was home, I was sleeping late, I was making lots of soup, I was just resting and being with my family. I was very intentional, actually, about unplugging, trying to stay away from email and texting and all of my devices, trying to take a little break from the news. And finally, on Tuesday, I took a special day apart to spend some time in prayer. I have a very generous family member who let me borrow some space for the day in town. And I took my Bible and a devotional guide and some reading with me. 
And I just spent the day reading scripture in a rhythm of prayer and silence and walking. I try to do that periodically. Because like many of you, in the day-to-day living of things, with parenting and work and cooking dinner and all the things that come with life, it's sometimes hard to, to make space, really to connect with God. And so I try at least once a year, and I'm aiming now for once a quarter, maybe even once a month, one of those New Year's resolutions, to carve out a half day or a full day to rest in prayer. My hope is, when I set aside one of these days, that at some point in the course of my reading of Scripture and my prayer, that I'll feel God's presence, that I'll feel really connected with God, that I'll be reminded of God's love for me. To be honest, sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. That's just the way it is in our spiritual journey, I believe. But that was a deep hope that I went into the day with. And as the day began to draw to a close, I realized I was feeling a little disappointed. I hadn't felt that, that really deep connection with God. I hadn't felt what I wanted to feel. And so I sat down for my last session of scripture reading and journaling, and it happened. I was reading the story of the two companions walking on the road to Emmaus in the 24th chapter of Luke. And how Jesus came alongside them and started walking with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. They didn't even know he was with them. And suddenly something within me woke up. And I felt God's presence with me. And I was awashed once again in the love of God. And it was a gift and a blessing. And I packed up my things and headed home, feeling at peace and grateful. And then, Wednesday happened. Like many of you, by Wednesday afternoon into early evening, I was glued to my television set, watching with with horror and with shock as people stormed the Capitol building, and the kind of anger and vitriol that was being shouted in those moments, and, and watching what seemed to be our democracy under attack. And I had no words. And I wondered to myself, how are we as the people of God supposed to respond to this? What am I supposed to think, and what am I supposed to do, and for heaven's sake, what am I going to preach on Sunday? This is the baptism of the Lord Sunday, when usually the message is just so simple and straightforward that that God loves you beyond measure, and that's what we get to hear and celebrate. And yet, how does that truth speak into a moment like this one that we watched unfold this week? What I really wanted to do was go back to Tuesday, to that little cocoon I was in where I was feeling God's love and God's peace and the assurance of God's presence with me and with all of us. And yet here I was thrust into this moment. And then it occurred to me that there's a second part of this story of Jesus' baptism R.J. read for us the first part of the story. 
where Jesus goes down to the Jordan River and is baptized by John the Baptist. He comes up out of the waters, and with the water still dripping from his head, he hears a voice. And he sees the Spirit descending gently upon him like a dove. And the voice says, you are my son, the beloved. In you I am well pleased. It's a moment when we see the Trinity sharing love mutually together. The Spirit and the Creator and the Redeemer, the the lover, the beloved, and the love between them all swirling and circling in this moment of glory and love and peace and celebration of who Jesus is. It's a moment that marks the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Before he preaches his first sermon, before he heals anyone, he enters the waters of baptism and is told and reminded who he is and claimed by God. And then, if we were to read one more verse, we would hear this. Immediately, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil. The spirit that had just so gently descended upon him like a dove now drives him into the wilderness. This is where Mark's gospel is especially vivid. In Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel, it says the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, but not Mark. In Mark's gospel, the spirit drives Jesus, pushes him, forces him, to face down evil, to face temptation and trials and trouble. Mark doesn't elaborate on what that means, but in the other two Gospels on either side of Mark, we hear that Jesus is tempted to give in to his own desires, to put his own needs first. He's tempted to claim worldly power, to rule the world. He's claimed tempted to live his life by the world's values. But again and again with every temptation, Jesus responds from the waters of baptism, grounded in the love of God for him and for all people, grounded in the knowledge that All people are created in the image of God. And the way to build God's kingdom on earth is not through power. It's through love and vulnerability and grace and mercy and justice and shalom. And so, my friends, Jesus himself sets the pattern for us. We, too, are blessed by the waters of baptism. The waters of baptism claim us as children of God. They are a physical reminder that we are made in the image of God and that God says to us, you are my beloved child. And there is nothing we can do that will ever change that. Even if you have yet to be baptized, the waters of baptism mean that for you. They're a sign to all of us that we, that all people, are created in the image of God and are loved by God. And so we, like Jesus, hear that voice 
claiming us and loving us. But then, like Jesus, we don't get to stay in that place of quiet or that cocoon. We are driven into this world as it is. We must live in this world. We must face evil. We must deal with temptation. Trouble comes in life. And the question for us is, how do we navigate this world as it is? How do we love this world as God loves this world? How do we join with God in building a world shaped by God's kingdom values, by love, compassion, kindness, justice, mercy, a world where nobody is hungry, a world where all people can find healing and hope, a world where everybody's loved and included? How do we step out into this world just as it is and allow the waters of baptism to shape how we act and see our siblings in the world? And when I say our siblings, I mean everybody else. Just like Jesus' ministry, it all starts with the waters of baptism. Our starting point is the fact, the truth, that we are loved just as we are. We need to come again and again and again to these waters. That's why every year on the second Sunday of January, we celebrate together the baptism of the Lord. And under normal circumstances, we come forward and we each reach into the water and we pick a bead that we can take home with us as a reminder of our own belovedness and whose we really are. That's why you're invited today to come to the water in whatever way you're able. And that's why again and again when we worship together, we need to hear that message, we are beloved, we are beloved, we are beloved, so that then we can step out into the world and face whatever comes our way, grounded in that love so that it shapes everything we do, everything we say, every way that we live and move. So my friends, today I invite you, come back to the waters. Hear again your belovedness. Amen.